Rewind podcast. We have a special guest this evening from Renegade Kid. We have Jules Watson. Hi. And uh, I got from GameGravy.com, Jeffrey. Hey. And I'm Anthony. So, um, why don't you tell us a little bit about yourself, Jules? Um, I'm from England. <laughs> I, I have I had a goatee. Sometimes I need to shave a little bit more on the sides. You know, I need to get better at that. Sometimes I let my hair grow a little bit too long. Um, I need to get better at that too. Sorry. Anyway, but you're probably referring to video games, right? Yeah, I wish I had the problem with the hair. Mine just doesn't grow. <laughs> um, so, um, you want to go back to the beginning or talk about my current situation? Let, let's go all the way back to okay. when you first uh, broke into the video game industry. Way back. Um, yeah, yeah. No, I was um, about 17 at the time, and my first job was actually on the journalist side um, with a print magazine. Well, because the internet didn't exist then. <laughs> um, and uh, this was in 90, gosh, I don't know. 92-ish. Um, so yes, I'm that old. Um, and so I was about 17, and uh, I got a position in a magazine as a trainee staff writer. Uh, my writing ability at that time was fairly awful, so I definitely got the job because I was cheap and enthusiastic. Um, <laughs> and, uh, you know, I was just excited to be to be in there, you know? I mean, you know, I, I was definitely, even though I was kind of dabbling with, you know, the Spectrum, the Commodore 64, the ST, the Amiga and stuff at home prior to that and kind of getting to experience a little bit of game making and as a hobby fun kind of way. I never really thought that I'd be able to get a job in the industry. It, it still kind of felt almost like, you know, games came from a magical factory somewhere that had nothing to do with people. Um, so I really didn't kind of entertain the idea that I'd actually be able to get a job there. So anyway, so when I saw an opportunity to get into the magazine side um that was super exciting anyway the the whole story may take a little bit too long but but that eventually led to um i continued to work on my pixel artwork uh while i was working there and that eventually led to a job um from the contacts that i made you know through um through the magazine meeting with you know game developers and so on um led to my first pixel art job actually developing games um in london um and uh yeah, I, I so I did um, as a kind of a more of an overview kind of um, perspective of everything. I kind of stuck with art for um, the first few years of you know working on games because at that time like game design wasn't quite as defined as it is now, as far as a specific role. Um, at that time, it was very much kind of you know we've got artists, we've got programmers, we've got you know producer type people managing that, and that's it, you know. And, and everyone, you guys figure it out. Um, so design was this kind of weird, nebulous, magical thing that just happened because that's what happens when you put artists and programmers together, which is ridiculous. But uh, that's the way it was then. Um, <laughs> and it probably it certainly showed in, in in our games and many other people's games as well. You know, because design definitely needs that that focus. It's just as important um, as art and and programming and, and audio and all the other disciplines involved. Um, so, you know, yes, yeah, so I stayed on the outside for a while and then eventually moved over to design um, and I've kind of stuck with design as my main focus, I guess, um, over the years, um, but always kind of dabbled back into artwork. And, you know, I did a little bit of 3D polygonal kind of geometry work many years ago 
um, but never really got fully into that. I was kind of more in focusing on, on game design when that really took off, you know, in the N64, PlayStation 1 kind of era. Um, and so, yeah, my, my main focus has been on 2D art, whether it be Pixel or Photoshop, kind of more graphic design. I went to graphic design college, actually, for a little bit prior to um, getting in, into the industry. Um, and and we started Renegade Kid. Okay, so company-wise, um, uh, I, I joined Iguana Entertainment back in 94-ish. Um, and, uh, and they were bought by Acclaim. Um, so I was with them until the end, in, until Acclaim closed their doors. And I think that was in 2004, maybe-ish. So it was there for quite a while. I got a, I got a quick question. Yeah. I, sorry, sorry. I got a quick question. No, no. It's funny because you said it was a, you said it was Iguana, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. And then it went to Acclaim. Now, now I got a question about that because I remember when I would play some games, I'd see the actual Acclaim symbol and then I would see an Iguana go by it. Is there a, a resemblance for that? Well, just, yeah, I mean, Acclaim, Acclaim bought Iguana, and then Iguana okay. became Acclaim Studios Austin, Acclaim Studios Blah, and so on. So they kind of merged. Well, Acclaim bought Iguana, but they kind of wanted to still continue some of the Iguana name because Iguana was a pretty great developer, I think. So they wanted to maintain yeah, well, some I of guess, that. Yeah, because sometimes they would have, like, an, like I guess maybe an Iguana just lean against the Acclaim logo with, like, dark yeah. glasses on sometimes. Yeah, and that's exactly. why I was just wondering if there's yeah. like some sort of a, like a, a secret thing about it. That's all. <laughs> yeah, no, a definite connection. Um, like the 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 management of Iguana uh, were very very heavily involved in uh, and with Acclaim, you know, HQ when when the purchase was made. Um, you know, so uh, the art director from from Iguana, for example, you know, created the new logo. Uh, Matt Suffington, he was the art director of Iguana. You know, he made the new logo for Acclaim and Acclaim Studios and all that kind of stuff. So, uh, yeah, so there's a, a pretty uh, a lot of you know a close connection. You know, when that kind of was was formed. Yes, yeah, so um, one game I remember from Iguana was uh, NBA Jam. Did you work on that one? I did a little bit. Yeah, that that was actually <laughs> made. Awesome. Yeah, it's such an amazing game. We had the arcade yeah. cabinet um, in our office, but it was actually made in Iguana, UK. Um, uh, they were doing the SNES and the Genesis, so I actually was lucky enough to fly over there with a few other artists and just kind of lend a hand because, as usual, they had a short timeline and had to get it done, um, so I kind of just helped out a little bit. So only a little bit. I wasn't officially on the team, but, uh, yeah, great conversions. I mean, that team in Iguana, UK did an outstanding job. Really, really great ports of that game. Such a good yeah. game. I remember pulling all-nighters when I was in middle school playing that game, just to unlock all the characters. Yeah. So good. <laughs> um, Had to play as Will Smith, man. <laughs> right. Um, oh, man. And uh, I uh, played – and, and I, I worked a little bit on the, the last one that was made at Acclaim, which was the uh, one on the Xbox. And I don't know if we made it to PlayStation 2 or not at the time. We did develop it, but I don't know if that one was released or not. But anyway, so I worked a little bit on that as well, which was fun. But uh, anyway, so yeah, the claim closed down. Um, I worked at uh, King's Isle for a bit. Uh, they developed an, a kid's MMO called Wizard 101. I was on that for – I helped kickstart that. Um, and um, and then we formed uh, Renegade Kid in 2007. Um we, meaning my business partner, Greg Hargrove, who we worked together, you know, for many years, we worked together at Acclaim and Iguana prior to that. So we've been together for a long time as uh, work buddies. And, uh, yeah, so we formed uh, Renegade Kid in 2007. And, um, yeah, and just, I mean, and really since that moment happened, just been wearing many hats, you know, from business stuff to PR to marketing to all of that um, 
kind of necessary but not so much fun stuff but then also obviously getting our hands very dirty on on uh, making the games like i i still focus on the game design but also do pixel art and other 2d art and stuff like that very cool um some of the earlier titles you guys made at um renegade kid uh there were full retail releases that um had different publishers how how was it um like working with the different publishers were they kind of restrictive to you guys or did they let you do your own thing and then just basically um front it the the um money to to put it out at retail yeah it was it was it was pretty good i mean we we had a fair amount of freedom uh for sure we're very fortunate that way mm-hmm. um you know it was a very different market then where retail was really the only option obviously there was no digital uh shops available um to anyone maybe apart from pc i guess but still then that was just pirating games really on the pc mm-hmm. i don't think it's really a digital shop steam didn't exist then so um Yes, our, our only option, or everyone's option, as far as developing software, was to try and work with a publisher to then publish it, you know, on the stores you know, as a retail game. So the first, um, I guess, four or five years, I'm just trying to think how many years now, but whatever, first half of Renegade Kids Life so far was, yeah, with retail. So our first game was Dementium uh, on the DS, and... Um, yeah, we, we started making the game uh, on our own, um and got it to a certain point where we could show it off and then started shopping it around to publishers. Um, and, and that's kind of, and that, well, and that kind of led to all of the other games after that. So we, we had to make demos and stuff like that, you know, over the years, but, um, but that was the one that we really made a lot of it up front to then try and convince people to give us money to, to finish it off. So, um, yeah, it was, I mean, we, we worked with Gamecock and that was the first publisher we worked with. And, uh, despite some of their notoriety and some of the craziness they did, they're really good guys. They're really f- good people to work with, uh, very honest, very creative, and very fair. So it was actually a really, really um, kind of spoiled us, honestly, working with them at the <laughs> beginning. It was like, oh, this is awesome. Because, I mean, every decision um, you know, on the on the box art, on, on any PR marketing, any decision – that typically falls on the publisher's you know lap and they do what they want typically and they don't really care what the developer says or thinks um everything they put through us and not just as a you know oh we legally have to show them this they literally you know required our approval on everything which was really amazing um they really had an amazing perspective and now those guys are uh are devolver digital um so the you know things like uh broforce and um serious sam and um stuff like that Mm-hmm. Um, so they've done lots of great games. So anyway, they're good guys. So, anyway, so we worked with them initially, and they gave us a lot, a lot of freedom, probably too much. It was it worked out well though for us because we were really you know focused on making a trying to make a good game. So I think for us it worked out really great. Um, and then after that, worked with Mastiff on Moon. Um, that wasn't quite as smooth. <laughs> um, still, you know, but honestly, compared to generally what publishers are usually like, it was still pretty great, though, honestly. I mean, they're good people. We worked together creatively to get it done, and we, I think we made a good game in the end, so it worked out. But, um, you know, I've heard horror stories of some developers working with publishers where it's, you know, it's even though you're making a game, it's it's kind of miserable, you know, because they're just making you do things that, you know are terrible or you have no time for time for or, or whatever so fortunately we never had to had to do that so so that's cool yeah i feel like uh most game designers or you know people that are working on games they, they're so artistic as it is that you kind of want to give them that freedom to mm-hmm. to to you know do it do what's in their mind yeah but what's scary is i guess most uh 
most publishers are publicly traded, so they have to hit their numbers, you know, every quarter or whatever it is. Mm-hmm. So they have these, you know, their, their, their very being is based on pleasing their, their shareholders. And that means selling things on time and releasing things on time, which obviously doesn't mix very well with creativity. So it's just not a good mix, you know? Yeah, um, I think uh, Assassin's Creed Unity is probably the biggest um, <laughs> the, the biggest sufferer of that. Example of that, yeah, for sure. Because... Um, uh, yeah, how many bugs did that launch with? Or even Sonic Boom for the Wii U, for instance. Yeah, no, for sure. I mean, you can definitely tell the games that, not that the team was bad, not that the publisher or the developer wanted it to be bad. Um, they just didn't have enough time to do the scope of things, you know. Um, and when you're a public company, you have no choice but release it or face the wrath of your investors and potentially sink, you know, your company. Um, so it's uh, it's tough. Being really a really big publisher is very difficult, uh, you know. There's not many middle publishers these days, such as THQ, Majesco, and so on. Uh, the ones that do still exist are obviously struggling because um, it's hard to find, you know, that middle ground. You're either massive, like Activision, or you're tiny, like you know us and so many other indie developers. You know, there's not much in the middle. Actually, and funnily enough, I think Devolver have actually found a pretty good middle ground for that, where they provide. Um, the services of what the developer doesn't want to do, you know? So they work with people and say, hey, yeah, cool, you know, we can give you a little bit of money, and yeah, the PR or the age rating or the translation, all the stuff that no one wants to deal with, they, they do that, or if you want them, you know, if you want them to. So I think they found a good a good middle ground for that. But yeah, it's, it's tough. It's, it's, it's interesting to see how the, the landscape has changed, um, and it seems... Um, Primarily, a lot of those changes have been caused by the digital distribution revolution, you know, which I think yeah. is awesome. Um, I think it's great that we have that, but uh, it's definitely uh, created some pretty major waves. Speaking of the uh, digital distribution, how do you feel um, your sales have been with the digital compared to um, ha- having a retail presence? Do you think it hurts not having the retail presence, or you think that everyone's so in tune to buying digital now that it doesn't really matter? Um, it, it's not quite there yet. You know, I don't think digital is, is equal to that of the retail. Um, in some places it might be, of course. I mean, things like, um, uh, what's the, uh, Super Meat Boy, for example, obviously sold great, um, and did really, really well. So I think the right game at the right time and the right platform can do amazing. Um, and they were, they were early on as well, so that certainly helps as well with, with less competition. And it was a great game, you know. Uh, yeah, I think I think Shovel it. Knight did pretty well as well. Uh, as well. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so I think it's it's certainly possible. Um, you just have to kind of you know sell the right thing at the right time in the right place. Um, so uh, you know, is it easier or, or is it better or worse than retail? It's hard to say, but I think the market as far as who is going to the digital shops. Um, is is growing, which is great. And I, I guess at the same time, I guess perhaps retail is shrinking. Um, yeah. So uh, it's kind of a shame. I mean, I like retail stuff, but for us, uh, as far as developing games, you know, we the retail option is just not an option for us, really. You know, because to do that, you have to actually pay a lot of money for the physical goods to you know to make them, manufacture them, put them on the store, and then also you have to cut deals with the manufacturer, which I don't <laughs> yeah. even know about. Give them money or I don't have some weird deal where if they have any returns, blah, blah, blah. It's really ugly. It's just a pretty terrible business model. Um, so, uh, yeah, <laughs> certainly not something we can afford or want to get into. But we, but at the same token, I'd love to have, you know, our games in boxes. I mean, that's something I grew up with, and I love that. So I, I do miss that for sure. Wasn't, um, 
wasn't uh, Mutant Mud supposed to have a retail release? Um, I, I remember we, reading something about that. Yeah, we, we kind of put some feelers out there to see if, you know, if anyone would be interested. And I did contact Nintendo, and I kind of – I need to, you know, reignite that conversation because at the time I didn't get a clear yes or no on that because the challenge is being – authorized to publish games digitally is completely different than being authorized to publish them, you know, in, re- in the retail space. They're two different things with like Nintendo, for example. Um, so we're not, you know, technically authorized to publish a game at retail, even though that's not what we're really trying to do. We, we were proposing to do a Kickstarter and anyone who said, put money down and said, yes, I want a copy of the game. Great. We would make a copy of the game. So it'd be literally at cost. Like if it costs, you know, whatever, $20,000, to make 5,000 copies or 10,000 copies or whatever it is. I don't, I don't know, but it's something like that. It's kind of crazy. But whatever it is, um, then that's what the Kickstarter would be. It would literally be apples to apples, kind of uh, a, a very simple business <laughs> transaction. You want it, you pay it, we'll get it, boom. So that's something that I think um, we'll re- I'd like to revisit again. I'd love to have uh, Muds in a Box. And now, you know, we're, we're, you know we've got – we've finished – well, today, actually, Moon Chronicles – Episodes two, three, and four were finally fully approved. God, finally. Yeah, I've seen um, that February 5th. Thank goodness. I'm, I'm excited. Yeah. <laughs> um, but I'd love to see that in a box. It'd be wonderful to have that in a box on the 3DS. Same with the, the, the Dementium games that we're going to be bringing over to the 3DS as well. So, um, yeah, one day um, I would like to. And whether that's us doing it at Kickstarter or whether it's a publisher that, that thinks they can do it and actually break even or make a profit, you know, um, we'll see. Yeah, I... I got a question. You just said you're going to bring the Dominium games to the 3DS? Yeah. I, I honestly, I had no idea. I don't know if you did, Ant, but like that's that's really awesome. All I heard was rumors, um, but that's awesome. <laughs> yeah, that is awesome cuz I I I played the first one on the the on the DS and I thought it was incredible. And if I remember correctly, I actually saw the second one was on Steam too. Is that correct? It is. We we had nothing to do with that. <laughs> okay, I, I just was curious. I had that's saw it on there. It's like, yeah. <laughs> okay. <laughs> yeah, we did. We had nothing to do with the uh, the Steam version of Dementium too. But, uh, okay. I just but yeah, to we, uh, yeah, we, no, but yeah, we, we're working on uh, bringing uh, Dementium one and two to the 3DS. Um, Greg Hargrove, my business partner, he is more of the 3D artist in the company. So that's actually what he's working on now with Bob, who's the original. Uh, programmer of Dementium and who we're still working with. So that that's what they're focusing on right now is is doing that. And it's uh, yeah, it's coming along really great. Um, it's um, hopefully going to be exactly what people want it to be and what it should be, which is not episodic. <laughs> okay. Um, I was going to actually ask you that. So <laughs> yeah, it's just going to be a single game, uh, single purchase. Uh, I'm glad we tried it with with Moon, but. I think my only complaint with the episodic with Moon is that it took too long to get the other episodes out. Exactly. Yeah, we just don't. You know, it's kind of an oxymoron because you kind of if you if we were in a situation where we could, you know, deliver them one a month or whatever it would be, whatever whatever makes sense, then we we might as well just release it as one game because it's really the effort is very similar. And what do we really gain from doing episodic? Eh, Not much. It's debatable, I guess. And I'm certainly not an expert on it, but. I honestly don't see the point <laughs> at this point. I'm glad we tried it with Moon. It was a great experience, and and uh, we actually you know learned a few things. Uh, not only just you know business wise, but also programming. We got the you know the the uh, whatever the, the ability to buy stuff through the game into the game, which was really cool. So hopefully we can maybe entertain that in the future if we want to with something um, that's more uh, appropriate for it. But um, 
But anyway, yeah, with Dementium, yeah, it'll be just be a single game. Um, and it's great. You know, Greg's working on uh, making the, the textures higher res and more detailed, adding um, some multi-pass action to it, such as bump maps and detail maps. Uh, the new flashlight effect looks really great. It looks like a realistic flashlight. It looks really, really nice. So, I, it, yeah, it's great. And it all runs at 60 frames a second. It's really, really nice. Um, oh, man, I can't so wait. That, yeah, it's gonna in be, 3D, it'll run yeah, 60 exactly, frames a second? Exactly. Yeah, with 3D on. I mean, it awesome. just, it's, it's, it's pretty beautiful. So, um, yeah, so I'm excited. So we're starting with Dimension 1, of course. Um, oh, and gameplay-wise, um, it's funny. As soon as we got the rights back and, and uh, decided to, to bring it, over to the 3ds i you know i sat down and, and played it the original one and uh, it's pretty brutal <laughs> it's uh it's a little um it, yeah it's a little frustrating in some some parts which i think the current today's gamer uh may not find uh, as palatable um as they as they might so um anyway so some of the changes I'd, I'd, or enhancements i'd like to make to it i think because the enemies always respawned no matter what everywhere all the time you know and ammo was limited so those two things combined together is can really suck you know you're like i'm running out of ammo i have no ammo i need to get more ammo the enemy enemies respawn so when i go past those enemies and get the ammo i have to use it again to get rid of them hmm okay so it kind of creates a a, a frustrating situation so i want to fix that and kind of um not have enemies respawn well not all of them respawn anyway some of them might make sense but some of them definitely don't um there is one there is one addition i was actually curious if you're gonna visit at all um since it is technically a first person game um i are you gonna actually make use of like say the circle pad pro or even the new nintendo 3ds coming out uh with the actual c stick so used for the camera is is that an option yeah uh, moon chronicles actually already supports that um it okay. already supports the circle pad pro um, and the way the new 3DS works is it automatically maps any CirclePad Pro support to its buttons. So Moon Chronicles awesome. will work on the new 3DS uh, C-Stick. Um, yeah, so that's already in there. And yes, we'll definitely do that for Dimensium as well. Yeah, no problems, awesome. for sure. Glad to hear it. Um, yeah, yeah there's lots someone's actually, making first-person games. <laughs> um, we, we, there's a lot of it. It's, it's kind of fun. We added a lot of options to... Um, moon on on the 3ds you know there's obviously the stylus aim um and use the left um um what do you call it the c it's not is it not, what's the uh left analog called on there whatever left stick the slide pad or whatever yeah that, circle circle yeah, cir- circle, circle pad, pad maybe. Right? Okay. <laughs> yeah there you go i've got c sticks burned into my brain i'm like what's the other one called anyway so you can move <laughs> the um the, yeah the circle pad and then aim with the stylus uh, another option on there is you can aim with the face buttons. Um, so if you don't have a Circle Pad Pro or if you don't have a new 3DS, but you don't want to use stylus, which is some people. Um, and then also all of that is left-handed, right-handed um, supported as well. So, yeah, there's a lot of options on there. Now, if you have a Circle Pad Pro, you can plug that in and you can use the both analog sticks um, however you like. You can swap them. You can use them, you know, left-handed, right-handed, whatever. So, yeah, there's a lot of options. It works out really well. Um, because of the 3DS, the way it sets up, you know, you have the circle pad on the left, and beneath it you have the D-pad. Um, what's really nice is um, to s- cycle through the weapons or reload or go to go between, toggle between the uh, the rad, the, the little remote droid that you drop. It's all on the D-pad, which is really nice. So I think it's push up to reload, push down to drop the... Um, the rad and push down again to jump back to major cane and left and right will cycle through the weapons. So it's really neat. It's a real nice, quick, 
way of, of doing that. So you don't, you never have to touch the, the touch screen if you don't want to. Um, and the, and L will shoot, of course, but then R will do any action commands such as open door and examine and stuff like that. So it's, it's really neat. It works really, really well. Um, so yeah, lots of options. We, we definitely, uh, put a lot of focus on that for, for our FPS stuff because we know everyone's really picky <laughs> with that. And there's a oh, very yeah. certain yeah. way they want to play. Um, and may not play it if it's not supported, which is totally understandable. Everyone's, you know, it's a very personal thing. Yeah, I, I've definitely found like a MIDI. No, go ahead. No, as I say, I was the one that um, did the review for it on Game Gravy, and I played with the the basically exclusive with the stylus. I tried a couple of the other ones out, but I I, I kept going back to the stylus. I felt yeah. that was like the most natural way to play it because I, I don't have the other thumb stick. Right. Um, but right. yeah, I, I I thought that option worked great. It reminded me of Metroid Prime Hunters, and that's a great yeah. game too. So. Cool. Yeah, that, that's my. I, I love it. I love the stylus aim. It's so precise. It's so quick. Um, you have maximum control. Um, but sometimes, you know, it, it, it is. There is some fatigue, though. You know, it does make your hand a bit tired after a while. Um, it does, especially so, with the XL. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So sometimes when I'm just tired, I just switch to the, the, you know, the the face buttons to aim, which is not ideal, but it's not bad. You know, it's certainly not as good as as you know stylus, but it's it's not bad. I, I have played the game with face buttons to aim, which sounds ridiculous and horrendous in in your mind, but it's not bad. It, it works pretty good once you get used to it. You just have to get used to the speed and the timings. You have to adjust your anticipation of things because the the timing is totally different. It's slower. You know, it's clunkier. Yeah, I remember playing um, Goldeneye and Perfect Dark on the uh, N64 with yeah. the uh, using the C buttons as the right. the aim. I actually taught myself to play Southpaw because I couldn't handle it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Fair enough. <laughs> I was just like, I'll, I'm like, I'll just use them to walk around and and I'll teach myself to be Southpaw. Yeah, yeah, totally. Um, so um, are we going to see any more mutant muds in the future? Um, we are. I mean. D- Muds 2 has always been something that we've, you know, uh, admitted that we're going to be doing someday. <laughs> um, but um, probably admitted that way too early because we haven't got around to actually, um, you know, doing it and finishing it. So, um, yeah, we were, all, we're always chipping away at that and have ideas for that. So, uh, yeah, I mean, we love Muds, you know. Actually, it's three years old uh, next week on January 26th. So I can't believe it's been three years that it, that it came out. Uh, yeah, no, I, I love Muds. It's a very... Um, uh, personal, awesome, fun projects, you know, to have worked on. Um, and, you know, it continues to be received really well and, and, and sell pretty decent. Um, yeah, people like it, which is really cr- crazy, you know? So, yeah, no, we'll definitely want to continue and, and revisit that universe again. It, it's a great game. I actually, I bought it on release date. When it first released on the 3DS, I bought it that exact day because I was like, wow. I could not wait for this game. So awesome. just Thanks, man. throwing that out there. Yeah, it's no problem. Like, I, I thoroughly enjoyed it, and and I was even telling Ant, I was like, dude, you got to get it. And he's like, really? <laughs> so like, he ended up getting it, and it's just we both loved it because the way the 3D effects worked, jumping back and forward to the foreground and background, it was just it was really well done. So awesome. ever you, since yeah. then, I've been a huge fan of it. So I appreciate that, man. Yeah, I mean, the first time we saw, you know, the 3D working, obviously, is inspired by Wario Land and the Virtual Boy. Um, you mm. know, but you know, the Virtual Boy 3D effect isn't as good as the 3DS. Um, so when the first time I saw 
you know, Max jump into the background. I was like, oh man, that's, that's amazing. <laughs> that is really amazing. Yeah. Like physically jumping away from me. And then we added the foreground, which, you know, Warrior Land doesn't have. And it just, it's, yeah, I love, I mean, yeah, I, I will never forget just how that felt the first time we did that. And I was like, man, that's, that's really cool. <laughs> that's really neat. Yeah. Um, I actually double dipped on that one. I got it on Wii U as well. <laughs> oh, awesome. Thank you. I appreciate it. <laughs> I love that yeah. game. But uh, I, I do like that you took that feature and you brought it to one of your newer games, uh, Zero Drifter. And, but the difference is you can kind of jump back and forth at any time as long as there's a room to, which is right. awesome too. Yeah, that was a bit of a risk. You know, I, we, you know, we, you know, we were designing, you know, Zero Drifter, you know, and needed to come up with all these power-ups, of course, because it's a Metroidvania type game. Um, and, you know, one that, um, that naturally presented itself was the ability to plane shift. But I also just as naturally immediately say, well, no, that's mute muds, you know, let's not steal from ourselves kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Let's, you know, let's keep that in muds so it's special. Um, but then I don't know. It just it it just seemed to fit so perfect for a Metroidvania game. It's like man, being able to cause it's all about exploration. It's all about the tease of I want to get over there, but I can't yet. Um, and uh, I was like, man, it's just too perfect for that game. Um, yeah, but, uh, but, so go ahead. No, I was gonna say I felt like the um, the boss battles kind of relied on that that um, feature as well. So it kind of yeah. It, I don't think the boss battles would have would have felt the same if they didn't have that feature in there. Yeah, no, I mean, I'm we definitely missing out because I, I haven't played it yet. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think it turned out pretty cool. Uh, and yeah, we were kind of went with, you know, how are we going to make the, the plane shifting different? You know, because we can't just do the exact same as as MUDs because then it oh it wouldn't have as much. Um, it wouldn't be as fresh. It wouldn't be as interesting. So, you know, when I was like, well, can we do it at any time? That would be really amazing. But kind of sounds impossible. How the hell could we do that? Um, and just the simple rule of, yeah, if there's space behind you, you can. And if there's not, you can't. I was like, well, okay, let's give it a shot. It's, it's a little bit of a risk at first because that sounds like that's going to cause all kinds of issues, you know, and break all kinds of things and just be a complete mess. But um, but the key is with that kind of stuff is you design it early on and then you just – and when you design the levels, you know that that's a reality. You know that's going to work. So you just design it in such a way where you, the game doesn't allow the player to break the game <laughs> with this ability. It'd be very easy to allow the player to break the game with that ability. Um, but, you know, just design it in such a way where it wouldn't. But, uh, you know, at first I was like, well, the player's going to have to jump um, before they plane shift back. You know, is that an issue? You know, is that going to be, does that make sense? Is that going to feel right? Was it going to be annoying and frustrating? And thankfully, it, it worked out okay in the end, you know. But those are some of the things that went through my mind when we were considering that. Um, but uh, yeah, it worked out well. Uh, I'm really, really happy with Zero Drifter. Um, I can't believe it's out in ancient history now, almost. You know. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> we, well, we, so uh, um, no, I was going to say, um, how, how has it been uh, doing sales-wise? Are you guys pretty happy with it? Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's it's done. It's done pretty good. I mean, it's not. It certainly isn't bad sales, and it isn't amazing sales. It's like right there in the middle. So I, I can't complain. Um, I think it's done pretty good. Um, you know, more. I, I think it's certainly not a failure. Um, but it's not a crazy runaway. You know, success either. So it's somewhere in the middle, which is great. You know, if we can keep on doing things like that, then we can continue. You know, to make games. Um, so I'm glad we did it. It was a success as far as. Um, you know, we, we wanted to release the game last year and we did, you know, and I'm really proud of what we did. So it, yeah, it worked out well. Um, it's just amazing. We got it done really, honestly. I mean, 
It was a shotgun project. It was wham bam. It was it, it went by so fast. We worked so many hours nonstop to get that thing done. And yeah, it's weird I was now. about to say. I think I remember you posting on Twitter like some of the early screenshots of it last year, like that you just started working on it, and, I was, yeah. and then it came out, and I was like, wow. <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah, we did a development diary on Go Nintendo, and uh, that was only a few months, you know, uh, delay. You know, as far as like here's a, you know, a diary post, and it's only like a month or two months old. Um, yeah, so that shows, you know, we really didn't have everything figured out, you know, and we were definitely making it while as diary posts were being being posted. So it was, yeah, it was fun, exciting. It was it was cool that it all came together, but uh, I'm pretty happy with it. And I think I definitely want to revisit that universe for sure. It was really way too much fun to uh, to make that. It was really cool. Yeah, I I definitely would love to see a sequel. Thank you, or I appreciate even, that. Or, or, or even, uh, even maybe a port with some extra stuff to the Wii U would be awesome, too. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, definitely. No, I, that, I agree. I think that would be really fun. Do you guys have anything you're working on right now for the Wii U? Um, we do, um, but awesome. it has not been announced yet, but okay. we do, cool. yes. Very, very awesome. I, I'm. I prefer playing on consoles. I, I will play on the handheld, but <laughs> I, I, I right. definitely prefer playing on my Wii U over my uh, 3DS. I mean, I think, and then that, you know, that's I think one of the things um, that we're going to try and do better as we move forward. It's not easy, um, but is to try and release something on more than one platform at the same time. You know, you know, it's kind of tough to do that. We kind of did it. Well, we did do it with with the Drifter. It was on the 3DS and Steam at the same time. Um, but honestly, I mean, this, I don't know. Um, it's hard to kind of get into the Steam uh, audience, um, and and maybe I don't know if Zero Drift is a really good fit for that audience. I really, I really don't know. I'm not a Steam player, really, so I really don't know that market very well. But anyway, my point is, <laughs> yeah, I think like... looking at uh, Zero Drifter just face value, I think anybody that looks at it says 8-bit Metroid. That's like the first thing that comes to my mind when yeah. I see it. That that or even like Mega Man, something mm-hmm. like that. Right. Um. But, uh, yeah, so, I mean, yeah, so we definitely would like to do some more Wii U stuff in the future as, you know, as well as, um, you know, potentially other platforms as well. Um, but 3DS is something I'm really, really fond of. And, uh, you know, I think we'll definitely, what's nice is, you know, there isn't, there isn't a huge number of, of third party, you know, developers, um, you know, doing, you know, games for it, you know, do original games for it. So it's kind of nice to be in that space where we're not, you know, it's always a, it's always a, a fight to, to kind of, you know, get exposure and get people to know your games out there and stuff. But, but at least it's not as crazy as, you know, Xbox, PlayStation, PC. It's a little less crazy than that. So that's kind of nice. Yeah, I think Nintendo fans, too, they, they kind of appreciate more of the 2D um, retro style where I think a lot of the people <laughs> play on uh, – I mean, th- there's definitely people that play PlayStation and Xbox that do like that, but I think the majority yeah. would rather play shooters or mature-rated games. Mm-hmm. True. Exactly. I mean, yeah, the 3DS audience is uh, it's pretty hardcore. I mean, they, well, there's certainly a, a, a decent portion of people, I should say, on there that are pretty – you know, definitely avid gamers – Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I think mods is definitely proof of that, that, uh, I mean, it's not an easy game, you know, um, no, not so, at all. <laughs> and there's a demo that proves that. So it's not like it's hiding it. Um, so, uh, you know, and, that, and that's obviously our most successful game that, that we've made, um, is that, and, um, yeah, it's kind of amazing that, that, that it's been received so well on, on that market. It's like, wow, it's cool to, to think that, you know, that there, there are those games on there and it's, I think it's similar 
Um, there are uh, those same people are, I think, picking up all of the ones that that are that are good. You know, such as um, you know the Mighty Switch Force games and Shantae, Shovel Knight, of course. Um, uh, uh, Steamworld Dig, DDV. You know, all uh, Cape Story. I mean, there's so many great platform games. I'm sure I'm missing a couple as well. There's yeah, so many I really great... liked uh, Guacamelee. I thought that was good on the Wii. Yeah. Yep. Yep. For sure. And then uh, Stealth Inc. Two was really good too. It's a little, it's a little more puzzle than platform, but it still has platform elements. Right, right. So uh, yeah, I love the Nintendo kind of uh, community. It's pretty amazing. Yeah, everyone seems to be pretty, pretty cool in, in the Nintendo community. I, I talk with a lot of people that you know they're avid Nintendo gamers, and you know they they it, they always pretty fun to talk to and they're you know you don't run into really anyone that's tries to like bully or you know yeah. do anything like that so uh, yeah, I, I enjoy yeah it's nice it's definitely uh and actually uh yeah i was chatting with someone about this the other day and it, it's interesting like when we you know we released muds on the vita and ps3 as well and as well as steam as well but um and it's just really hard to find the communities of those platforms you know to kind of go, hey, you know, how's it going? Check out my game. Um, whereas Nintendo, it's much easier uh, to find that. And it's hard I, and it's hard for me to know. It's just because I'm naturally more interested in Nintendo, so I know where, you know, they are, where people are, and what we know. But I, I don't know. I don't think so. I think it's more than that. I, I think I think it's a very different audience um, because, uh, primarily because Nintendo has the best most incredible first party games. I mean, they're outstanding, you know, and they're consistent mm-hmm. and they have been for 20, 30 years, you know, the same. And, and, and I think that's a testament to how much freshness they're brought to the same brands, you know, they're using the same brands over and over again. And some people complain about that, but that is a testament to, yeah, but they're all awesome. <laughs> you know, yeah, yeah exactly. Not copies of themselves that they, they all have inventive qualities to them. Yeah, and they and they always usually wait to till they can introduce something new to bring it out again. Like that's yeah. like seems to be their thing. Yeah, they would never release it. I mean, I think Galaxy Two is the closest they've come to a, a strict sequel. You know, that isn't reinventing something. It's like yeah, and but it was like it, it was so well done because it did oh, everything a sequel should do. Totally. It fixed. Yeah, exactly. It fixed everything that that was you know that anyone could have complained about in the first. Yeah, one. I know. It was, it was a, yeah. A wonderful game. <laughs> yeah, it's pro- probably most one of the most near perfect games you can get. Yeah. Um, I think I hear a dog in the background. Is that a dog? Yeah, that, that's my dog. Sorry yeah. about that. <laughs> <laughs> Someone is uh, shaking a leg. <laughs> but um, is there anything uh, new in the Moon Chronicles uh, episodes that are releasing, or is it just a uh, straight port with the enhanced visuals and? Yes, it is a strict port with uh, enhanced visuals. Uh, I don't think. Don't think it, we worked on it so long ago. I'm trying to remember now. We've just been trying to get it approved and get them released. But no, I don't think um, there's any new content in there. It's really it's a straight port with uh, yeah, just focus on getting it all running at 60 frames a second with 3D on and getting all the controls supported. You know, making it all looking all lovely. And what's really neat is when you turn the 3D off. Um, it, anti-aliasing uh, kicks in. It looks beautiful. So for those people on the 2DS or those that don't want to play in 3D, you kind of get you know another little treat. It just looks nice and anti-aliased, which is really really sweet. It's amazing what anti-aliasing does 
to a scene, you know, to kind of blend the polygon, the edges of the polygons to the scene. It's really neat. Very cool. Um, so how, how did you guys go about getting um, your games in the Nintendo Direct? Because I did see Moon Chronicles uh, in there. Uh, briefcases of cash. <laughs> That's all it takes? Sent, sent to Iwata. <laughs> we uh, we uh, courier over to Japan. Um, <laughs> nice brown leather briefcase. Uh, no, it's amazing. It's very, very fortunate. I mean, they, you know, uh, just fortunate enough to, to get an email and say, hey, you know, we'd like to feature you know this game there um it's almost like they're asking you it's like well i'm not gonna say no <laughs> it's like they're so polite it's just like you know would you know we'd like to do this you know let's know if this is cool and i'm like wow so it's all it's all very nice you know it's all it's all like hey and you know obviously the last nintendo direct was all about what's coming out you know between now and spring um we we're just fortunate enough to have you know um the, the episodes of Moon Chronicles having, you know, wrapped up. Um, and unfortunately, I mean, I guess they, you know, see value, in, you know, in that game, I guess, you know, because I don't think, um, you know, there's no other reason that I can think of that they're actually picking the games to promote. It's just things that I think show a diversity in their portfolio to potential customers to buy games, you know, on their systems um, and in games that they think, you know, uh, are pretty decent, I guess. So, yeah, super honored, you know, when, you know, we've been on there a few times now, and it's always ridiculously awesome to be like, oh my God, so amazing. So, I mean, not only just as a complete geeky fan to be like, oh, that's so cool, but hopefully in sales, hopefully, you know, that, you know, thousands, if not millions, people get to see that and go, oh, what's that game? I haven't heard of that before. Um, and not only are they learning about it potentially for the first time or being reminded that it exists, um, but maybe the fact that Nintendo is actually putting any kind of spotlight on it maybe suggests it's worth checking out. So it's it's amazing honor to be on there. But uh, anyway, to answer your question, yeah, they contact us and say, hey, do you want to you know be on there? And then they ask you know for for assets and information, um, and then they uh, they use that and do whatever they want to do with it. And and I, I see it and go, yeah, you're awesome. <laughs> <laughs> And we have to be very. They didn't tell us the date, so we didn't. I didn't know when it was um, happening until everyone else did. So they don't tell us when the Nintendo Direct's going to be. Um, we just found out when everyone else did. I'm surprised they even tell you that there's going to be a direct. Difference. I know. Well, yeah. <laughs> seriously, right? Yeah, indeed. I mean, they're always very much like, don't tell anyone this, but this is going to be happening in January. And so I was like, oh, so cool. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> they're, they're, they're so secretive sometimes. It's ridiculous. Yeah. It, it amazes me, though, that how many projects they work on that don't get out there. It is. Uh, <laughs> like, yeah, they must pay their people really well. Huh? I said they must pay their people really well yes. to keep secret. Well, the thing is, like, you know, from my experience working with them, you know, and thankfully I've got to work with them close. So the last three years, you know, since uh, since MUDs, um, it's actually it was quite surprising to me. And I'm sure this is similar in other companies as well, but I haven't worked with them as closely, so I don't know. But it was very surprising to me that everyone I've worked with who works at Nintendo is really nice, like genuinely nice. You can tell they love their job. Um, they're always very polite, very enthusiastic. Um, Kind of amazing, honestly. I, I mean, I was—I didn't—I didn't expect them to be rude or arrogant, but I expected them to be a business. You know, uh, they're a very successful business, and they have been for over a hundred years or whatever you'd expect. Um, it would be just uh, on autopilot at this point. But the absolute, you know, opposite of that—they're all very much working very hard to, uh, 
you know, keep things rolling um, as, as good as they can. So, um, yeah, really amazing. I mean, the people who work there are always all really nice. Um, I'm not sure where I was going with that. I think it's related to what we just talked about. But yeah, yeah. I loved all the treehouse stuff they did last year. Like, it's it's amazing. Like, how many people they have working there just have wonderful personalities. That like, yeah. I I mean, I sat there and watched it all day during E3. I know they're employees and they're like these professional pre- presenters. You know, it's amazing. Yeah, it it really is. It's it's just uh, I yeah. I was I was entertained all day watching their treehouses when they yeah, had it. Me too. I watched them too. They were fascinating. Oh, that was what I was going to say. I think that's why their secrets don't get out because they respect who they work for. You know. Yeah, um, they love it. Um, so, so for them to spill the news is just hurting themselves and hurting the company that they love. Why would they do that? So, it, I think it's really out of respect that they don't leak um, much at all. Um, like games like Super Mario 3D Land, Super Mario 3D World, things like that. I mean, they for me they came out of nowhere. I mean, I love Super Mario 3D Land on 3DS. What an amazing little game. Um, you know, there was no whiff of that until they knew they were going to announce it. Had no clue that was coming. Totally cool, amazing. Yeah, even this past direct had some stuff in there that, like Pokemon Shuffle, and then yeah. the uh, Puzzles and Dragons. I mean, mm-hmm. that that leaked like a like a week beforehand, but still, um, it that kind of came out of nowhere, and they already had a whole Super Mario edition of it. Yeah, yeah, no, definitely. So it's, um, yeah, it's it, it's really cool. Um, but uh. Yeah, I, I kind of wish that Zero Drifter had a chance to uh, <laughs> be on one of their directs, but timing-wise, it just didn't, didn't work out, you know. Yeah. But uh, yeah, it's but yeah, really neat that that Moon got on there. So it's exciting that yeah, it's coming out in two weeks. Is that two weeks? I think it was two weeks. Yeah, two weeks yeah, exactly. Two weeks. Mm-hmm. So that's really cool. And we only found it out today. It got approved today, literally. And the season pass is nine dollars, and the individual episodes are four fifty. Yeah, exactly. Okay. Yep. yep, I highly recommend everyone go buy it. I'll, I'll throw the plug in there. I played the first episode. I gave it an eight seven five, and I thought it was really good. Awesome, thank you. I appreciate that. I think hopefully, um, you know, actually, Moon Chronicles actually has has sold pretty well, which is is really amazing, and very grateful for that. And um, and hopefully, um, when the these episodes come out, you know, I'm I'm sure there are probably some people that did that didn't touch it until all of the episodes came out because. They just didn't want to deal with that. So, um, yeah, so hopefully some people will be like, finally, you know, they're all out. Let's let's jump on this now. Uh, I guess we'll see. <laughs> yeah, I, I'm one of those because I actually, like, episodes kind of get to me sometimes, so I haven't even played the first one. And I was like, well, yeah. whenever they all release, I'll probably end up getting it all because if I want to sit yeah. down and play it, I probably yeah. want to run through it all. <laughs> yeah, no, I totally understand. I agree. Yeah, it's, uh, yeah, you just want to play the whole thing. <laughs> yeah, yep. exactly. Um, yeah. So when are we going to hear some more information regarding uh, Treasure Knots? Um, let me think now. Um, I don't know, honestly. Um, and the reason I say that is because you know we've we've given you know dates which obviously we've missed a couple of times now. So I think I'm gonna <laughs> I'm gonna stop doing that. Um, but uh, it's definitely something that we are working on, and it's going to be awesome. <laughs> yeah, I've, I've been excited for that game for a while. I, I remember. I think I've seen it like midway through last year. Was that when you guys were showing the trailers off for it? I think it was, yeah, because that was on a that was on a Nintendo Direct, wasn't it? Was it? I, I believe it was. Oh, I, I remember that seeing that before Zeo Drifter, to be honest. <laughs> oh yeah. Well, when we were working on Treasure Notes, um, Zeo Drifter didn't exist as a concept <laughs> at all. Um, That's hilarious. Yeah, no, we um we uh. It got to the point, you know, because early last year, 
you know, we were finishing up the first episode of Moon Chronicles. Um, I think we were working on some other work for higher stuff, which I don't, I'm not sure what it was now. Um, and, uh, and then we did the Kickstarter, you know, for, uh, for Colt County that failed. And, um, so it was, it was kind of tough. We were kind of like, well, what should we do? You know? Um, and I had kind of revisited the design for, for Treasure Notes because it had been received so well. It started off as a pretty small game as far as the scope and what was in there. Um, and I was actually quite surprised at how well it was received. Um, not that I thought it was, you know, a bad game, but, um, people just seem, it really seemed to capture people's imagination, which was really interesting. Um, so that kind of inspired me to make it a bit bigger, a bit grander and kind of, I guess kind of pressured me to kind of want to make it what I thought people thought it was, <laughs> um, which, you know, increased the scope anyway, that game, um, that's that redesign of the game was like, yeah, that's just not going to fit. You know, there's no way we can release that. Uh, in 2014 um uh so the you know we kind of came to that crossroads of do we do we just scope it down and just get it done or do we do a smaller game and get that done and then get back to treasure knots after that so obviously we chose the latter and so yeah then that's where that's how zero drifter was born um was from that which you know from the outside you know it's like what what is going on um so uh yeah so now that's done and obviously we're we're wrapping up something up now we have a something that was we're actually going to be announcing next week um that we that's kind of taken up my time right now that i'm working on um so that's putting a slight extra delay <laughs> on treasure north unfortunately but uh hopefully people will be excited about it um and then when that's done i'll definitely be getting back to uh to uh treasure north full time after that so awesome. um, I, I hope we get to see it this year. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's 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 my hope and plan as well. Yeah. That, that's a fair. Yeah. <laughs> that's a fair hope. <laughs> I hope so. I'm not going to promise it though because I did that last year. So I I really hope so. Though. I want it, I want to just get on there and focus on it 100 percent and get it get it finished up because I I know what it needs to be and I know what it you know what we need to do. It's just mm-hmm. a matter of doing it. Um. So uh, yeah, and I think that's why that and that's what enabled us to kind of put it on hold and do something else and come back because, you know, the, the concept's been proven. I've got a bunch of levels, a bunch of stuff, everything's there and it's working. Um, now I just have to get, um, the new stuff that hasn't been shown off, you know, finished up and, uh, the new kind of scooped ideas, uh, in there as well. So there's still a fair amount of work to do. Um, but, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm looking forward to get back to it and, and work and focus on a hundred percent. My mind's been kind of split and multiple, directions the last few months it'd be also be good to get back to that yeah definitely um so you got moon chronicles coming out in two weeks uh i highly recommend everyone go pick it up it's in a season pass structure and a episodic structure um i would just go ahead and get the whole season (laughs) that that would be the way to go um so that that's basically what you have in the near future and then you said you do have an announcement next week so everyone keep an eye out for that um so what what kind of inspires you? Like what games inspire you to to create games? I mean, a lot of them, honestly. I mean, you know, I think by looking at our games, you know, we've definitely have we've kind of touched on many different uh, genres, um, from first person to racing to platforming um, to puzzle. Even I mean, we've kind of touched on a lot of different things. Um, really, I mean, I, I play all kinds of different types of games. So I think anything that that I find really well done and enjoyable has 
the potential to kind of inspire the idea of like, hey, you know, if we made our own kind of version of that genre, what would we do? Um, so, I mean, but, you know, if I had to pick a company, you know, it definitely would be Nintendo as far as their games, for sure. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I think back in the day in the SNES days, you know, Capcom and Konami would be right next to them, for sure. Um, you know, with games like Ghosts and Goblins and uh, Demon's Crest and all of just the amazing mm-hmm. things they did in the SNES, especially, was uh, incredible. Um, I mean, they're a diff- very different company now, Capcom and Konami, <laughs> for sure. But, but back then, it was pretty amazing. Yeah, I love most of their games that they came out with back then. I, I still love playing Final Fight to this day. <laughs> yeah, 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 definitely. Yeah, good stuff. Yeah, I, I could definitely tell. Um, I'm a huge Metroid fan. I could tell. Obviously, you guys are too. <laughs> yeah, definitely. So yeah. like that, that's my favorite. So like that's why when I was playing Moon Chronicles, I was just I, I was ecstatic because I, I have want a new Metroid and Nintendo hasn't made it. So it's just fun to be able to play. You know, two games like Moon Chronicles or Zeo Drifter, which have kind of, you know, the Met- Metroid influence in them. Yeah, definitely. I mean, that was a, that was definitely a huge influence. Metroid was for Moon Chronicles for sure. Um, more actually, the two D um, Metroids, honestly, than the three D. Um, you know, because we were making that in, gosh, what year was it? Um, two thousand eight ish. I guess we were making that. I guess it was released in 2009, I think, early 2009. So we're making it in 2008. So I'm trying to think when Metroid Prime Hunters was out on the DS. And I guess that would have Metroid... launched with the original DS. So Yeah. Met- well, the, at least the demo was out. With yeah, it. exactly. The demo was out. I think the game was out before ours was. I can't remember now. I'm, I, I'm pretty sure it must have been. And obviously Metroid Prime on the GameCube was out. But honestly, that wasn't a huge inspiration for us gameplay-wise. Um, Super Metroid was really, um, as far as the, the, the game design and the flow, um, you know, cause prime, um, even though it's a great game, you know, definitely is quite different, um, than a lot of the traditional 2d kind of Metroid games and Metroid, Metroid hunters on the DS is very different, uh, as far as a Metroid game, as far as the flow of the gameplay, I actually found it quite confusing and not that great as far as the gameplay experience but um the environment and the world and technology in there is incredible um so yeah Simon chronicles ended up being a, a fairly uh somewhat uh traditional kind of metroid kind of um from a design perspective which is kind of fun yeah i, th- I think that's what makes it so entertaining though so that's that's why you know uh, that, that's why me being a metroid fan enjoyed playing it so much that's awesome. Yeah, no, it's, yeah, it's it's fun. It was fun to get back to it, you know, when we were doing the 3D version because I hadn't touched it for ages. It was nice to kind of get back in there and play it and be like, yeah, this is this is pretty good. <laughs> I haven't played this for a few years. This is all right. Um, yeah, it's fun. <laughs> so, what was uh, what, what were your favorite games you got to play last year? Ooh, interesting. Um, since, since it just turned over to a new year, I figure we'll just uh, <laughs> talk a little bit about last year's. I'm trying to think. Did uh, when did 3D World come out? Was that the year before? It was yeah, Christmas. That was, that was the year before. Yeah, it was, wasn't it? Oh well. So, well, a little bit of Mario Kart. Um, didn't have much time to play a lot of it, but uh, wow, what an amazing engine! I mean, the graphics Absolutely. on it, really incredible. Uh, really fun game. I was actually a little. Um, I wasn't sure how well they were going to use the anti-grav thing. If it was just a gimmick, you know. Um, but they used it really well from a gameplay perspective with shortcuts and so on. So I was really happy to see how they used that. It was it's quite very inventive and very fun. Definitely um, added a lot to it. Did you get the um, downloadable content for it? I haven't yet, actually. No, no. The, 
the F Zero level is all anti gravity. Oh, that's awesome. cool. Yeah, <laughs> and I love that the coins turn to rupees. You know, when you're playing the you know the the Zelda level or whatever it is. Okay. Yeah, <laughs> the the F Zero level also there is no coins. The only way to earn coins is to go through the health areas oh, like funny. like in the yeah. Super Nintendo. Yeah. Ah. Nice, that's funny. Um, so yeah, I played a little bit of that. I'm trying to think what else. Um, as far as new, oh, Shovel Knight, of course. I played, got that on the 3DS. Uh, really, really enjoyed it. That's one of the few games that I absolutely must continue playing until I've experienced the entire thing. You know, it's kind of one of those things where you know you're supposed to be working, but it's like, yeah, I'll just get you know a few minutes in here. An hour later, <laughs> you're like, all right, all right, I need to get back to work. Um, thoroughly really enjoyed that. It really just sucked me in and the charm, the gameplay, the challenge, the whole thing. Not that it's super challenging, but it definitely has a challenge. It's really nice. Really, really enjoyed that game. Um, so that was a, that was a, definitely a highlight for me. Um, gosh, what else came out last year? Um, what else came out on the 3DS? Uh, um, I didn't really get much on the 3DS. Uh, I'm trying to think. I, I got, um, Fantasy Life and I oh, got... Yeah. Super Smash Brothers, but yeah. I, I like the Wii U version of that one better. Yeah. Oh, um, Captain Toad. That was great. Yeah, I'm still Captain playing that. Awesome. Uh, I need to get back to that. I'm on episode three, but I need to get through all of that. That's really just fun. Man, that needs to be on the 3DS. They need to make a 3DS version of that. That would be I so perfect. I absolutely agree. Oh, my gosh. It'd be so perfect. Because it's just that awesome jump in there, bash a level out, and, oh, cool, I can have a coin stage. Sweet, I'll go back to that, or I'll save that for later. It's just such a nice you know, dip in and have fun kind of game. Um, and for me, my Wii U's upstairs, so I'm kind of like, well, yeah, do I want to go up there? <laughs> you know, I, for 3DS, I mean, that's always sitting next to me. So I would love to have Captain Toad on the uh, on the 3DS. And if Nintendo wants us to make it, I'll be happy to do so, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> I still want you to make that Wario Land uh, image that you had. Oh, man, that'd be crazy, right? That'd be cool. <laughs> I, actually, I did actually present that to them. I, I was... I met with them uh, last year, I think it was, or two years ago. They came to Austin uh, just as a – they were probably visiting Retro, and be, uh, we just met up with them just to say hello. And uh, I did actually show them <laughs> the screenshot of that on my um, development uh, 3DS. And I was like, hey, if you want us to do this, happy to do so. But I think – I don't know. I think it's it's – I don't know. I don't know what's happening with their Virtual Boy uh, and with that game specifically. Because just a, literally just a recoloring of that game – on the 3DS would be amazing. Everyone would love it. It's such a good game. For me, one yeah. of the best uh, Wario games. And it's so sad that it's lost under the uh, stigma of the Virtual Boy that m- very few people even know it exists or even played it. Such a good game. It's one of the better ones for sure. Um, it's 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 quite challenging, but it's it's fun. It's a good game. Very very creative. It's a very good game. So anyway, I'd love to see that. Yeah, recolored. For the 3DS, I think it'd be an amazing fit. Um, anyway, yeah, yeah was, we'd, we'd like to. We have presented it. <laughs> that was an awesome screenshot you showed off. I still remember that to this day because I was like, "Oh man, please make that." <laughs> yeah, thanks, man. I had fun making that. I was like, "Oh, what if?" And I found a really clean, crisp uh, screen grab of the Virtual Boy game. Um, and I was like, and I'd been making the banners and stuff for uh, for our games eShop anyway, so I knew how to make. You know, the 3D depth stuff work. It's actually relatively simple once you know kind of how, how it works and stuff. Um, so I was like, oh, cool, I can separate these layers. And and I took the colors from uh, probably the Game Boy Color uh, version of, of Wario. Um, 
for reference, and I kind of then recolored everything and split everything up in different layers and shifted them for the left, right eye kind of cameras. And then for me, I never see it in 3D, of course, until I can scan in the 3DS. And while you're making it, you can't see it. So I'm making it in the separate layers in Photoshop, and then I'm you know exporting the um, the left eye and the right eye the way I think it's going to work. And then I have to create it, and then I have to then put it on my 3DS, my regular. Hang on, did that? Yeah, my regular 3DS as an, as an image, I think. Gosh, I can't remember now. Whatever. And then you know, for the first time, then you view it on the 3DS to see if it actually works. And then, so I, I kind of get that same, you know, first time reveal as everyone else. And I'm like, oh, man, that looks awesome. <laughs> that looks like, that's really, I'd love to see that. That's really cool. Because, again, the, the, the 3D effect on the 3DS is so much better than than the um, than the Virtual Boy. And, of course, it has color. It's not just all red. It just looks so cool. Um yeah, when I saw it, I was like, man, that would be so cool to do that. But uh, yeah, I, I, can't wait for the, I can't wait for the new 3DS so I don't have to sit in the sweet spot all the yeah. time. Yeah, no, I'm looking forward to get that. I was a bit bummed about the lack of the new 3DS and only having the XL because I was dead set on getting the white new 3DS with the Famicom buttons because I'm from the UK and our Super Nintendo looked like that as well. It was the PAL version, so it was like the Japanese one with the colored buttons and stuff, not the ugly, disgusting purple gray brick thing that who some genius decided to release in the states um so i was excited about that and when they said when they said nothing about it in the nintendo direct at all it was like oh no so anyway i've 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 succumbed to i guess the fact that i'm just gonna have to get the black one i guess the xl yeah and you can't even get face plates on them it's terrible so weird it's I know it's such size a... as well the new 3ds you know it's slightly bigger than the old uh the original one not as big as XL. I'm like, that's perfect. Yeah, and it's, it just seems like the faceplates is such an easy way to make money that they would bring that here. Yeah, I agree. Very strange. I don't know what's going on. Maybe it's a timing thing. Maybe they can't. I don't know. I don't know what it is. It's Yeah, I, I, I feel the same way with their Amiibos, but that's a whole other topic I could go with, with right. you know, the, the lack of supply of them. Yeah. I guess they're being very careful, you know. I mean, they they are juggling a lot of different businesses, I suppose, at the same time. Hardware, software, you know, toys. Yeah. It's, you know, I guess they have to be careful, you know. It seems like the toys is just such a successful market, though. Even, they, like, I'm, yeah. Disney and, um, the, was it Toy for Bob? They're the ones that make the uh, Skylanders, Skylander right? Stuff. Yeah, it seems, yeah. I mean, they've done very, very well. And it sounds like the Amiibos have done pretty well. So I guess it's been a success, I guess. I don't know. Yeah, it was around, I, I think, Nintendo of America said about 750,000 was in America, and then France just came out and said they've sold over 200,000. Right. So, I mean, that's it just seems like they're probably at around 2 million or over 2 million worldwide, and that's just that's just ridiculous. Seems that seems pretty good, you would think. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. But uh yeah. So um anywho. So, um yeah, well, so that's that's basically all I had you know, question-wise, but I, I definitely everyone needs to look out for Moon Chronicles launching February 5th on the 3DS eShop. Actually, it's not on the eShop. You have to go through Moon Chronicles, correct? Well, yeah, if you already own um, Episode 1, uh, you'll need to do a free update for that, and that will give you access to buy uh, and download the other episodes. Um, like you said earlier, yeah, there's a season pass, nine bucks. You get the remaining three episodes, or you can buy them each for four fifty each. I don't know who would do that, but if you do want to, you can. <laughs> um, um, I, 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 it's gonna be fascinating to see if anyone actually does do that. But I guess if you're gun shy and you've done episode one, you're like, yeah, I'm not sure. I'll get episode two and see, but you might as well just 
<laughs> go for the season pass, really, but whatever. Anyway, so yeah, um, but if you, um, if you, yeah, if you don't have episode one, then, um, then that, the, the new updated version of episode one will be obviously also released on the same day. Um, so if you buy it for the first time on that day, then automatically it will have the ability for you to, to buy the, uh, the DLC through it. But, uh, yeah, so that you can't buy the ep- extra episodes from the eShop. You, you buy them through the game. Um, yeah, on February 5th. Very cool. Very exciting. Great. Yeah, and if you like Renegade Kid and you love their games, buy them separately to give them more money. Yes, please. <laughs> then maybe we'll see Treasure Knot sooner, right? <laughs> right. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. yeah. Um, yeah, and right now, yeah, what, I'm trying to think what we have now. Yeah, obviously we have Zero Drift for out. We have New Mods, ATV Wild Ride. Um, it was a fun little kind of ATV uh, racing game. Uh, Bomb Monkey is our is our puzzle game. Um, is there something else I'm missing there? Probably. I, th- I, think, um, that's it. I think that's it. Yeah, well, that we didn't publish that. That wasn't we did. We made that for someone else, so we don't really oh, have. Okay control over that and I don't think that company even exists so I, I, that's probably just lost in no man's land <laughs> uh, maybe it's not even on the eShop anymore I'm not even sure actually it might have been maybe even taken it off because okay. uh, uh, we worked with Ignition or UTV Games or whatever it's called uh, to make that um, and then they were bought by Disney I think um, or something um, and then I don't know I, something happened no or I can't remember but someone bought someone and then they got rid of that someone <laughs> And that someone was doing Planet Crashes, so Planet Crashes got lost in the shuffle, which doesn't really affect us. I mean, we were paid to make it, and we made it. But um, as far as, yeah, I don't care. Well, but, yeah. I'll make sure not to delete it, then, if it's not out there. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I, I don't know what, what the state of that game I don't is. Know. Um, that's a I, funny little project. Yeah, I have it on my 3DS, um, but, uh, yeah, I'll definitely make sure not to delete it if it's not on the eShop anymore. <laughs> <laughs> right, yeah, I, I don't know. It might still be up there as far as, you know, just customer service wise for Nintendo but it may not be available to buy I don't know I honestly have no idea it's probably still there I don't know maybe someone else picked it up I don't know well but, um, um, I'd like to I'd like to actually say uh, thanks for kind of uh, spilling it out for Dominium for us because I know that's kind of like a you know I know you said it earlier and you you know no one really knew about it so um, I appreciate you actually saying that with us because that, that's, that's really awesome and we're actually looking forward to that one so. Yeah, no, thanks, man. I appreciate it. Yeah, I, I'm crazy excited to get that out. Um, it's uh, we've wanted to to do a 3D, you know, 3DS version of that for a long time. So it's really exciting. They're working on that, and um, it's yeah, like I said, Greg and Bob are working on it right now. Um, while I'm working on this top secret uh, thing that I'm working on right <laughs> now, um, and uh, and I'm purposely not looking at the updates of the game because I, I saw the initial, you know build of the game once we got the DS stuff over working on the 3DS. And it's like, oh, yeah, great. And it's cool to see, you know, those environments now in 3D, which is really neat for the first time because obviously I've never seen that. So that was really neat. But couldn't help but notice the, the textures look really low res um, because they're the DS textures. So um, so I haven't looked at it since then. And, and Greg actually, well, Greg's going to be adding, like I said, detail maps and bump maps. Um for those that don't know what that is, a, a detail map is um, if you made, you can imagine you're creating a wall texture um, and let's say it's 128 pixels by 128 pixels, for example, um, but it's stretched, stretched um, across the entire wall. 
um, you know, from floor to ceiling. So it's stretched pretty big. And if you walk right up to it and look at it real close, you're going to see pixels um, because it's being stretched bigger than the screen is because the screen is 200 pixels high. The texture is being stretched bigger than the actual screen. So you're going to see pixels. It's just that's just the way it is. Um, so what you do if you add a detail map, that is an, another texture that kind of sits on top of that texture, but almost kind of blends with it. Um, and the nice thing is you can tile the detail uh, map um, tighter, well, as tight as you want, because it actually wraps on itself, you know, on the left, up, down, left, right, you know, it just wraps infinitely, a little box. So if you tile that and make it really tight, it can look really crisp when you're right up against the texture and it blends with a lower res texture and it makes a lower res texture look higher res. It's a really interesting effect. I first saw that when they were messing around with that on like the Xbox One, or sorry, original Xbox and GameCube days. Um, they were starting to mess around with that stuff and it blew me away. I'm like, oh, that's so cool. It's such a great uh, technique to make a otherwise low res texture look higher res. It's really neat. Anyway, so that's one thing we're messing around with. And the other thing is bump maps, which is some weird wizard trickery that kind of when a light hits the texture, the bump map then kind of uh, gives the lighting information of where depth should be. So the lighting catches this little edge of a crack, so, you know, wallpaper or whatever. I don't know what we're going to use it for, but whatever it's used on. Um, so it actually makes it look like it has 3D depth um, because of the way the lighting is casting across the bumps and textures and the scrapes of, of a wall texture. But it, but that geometry does not exist. It's not actually there at all, but it tricks the eye to think it is. So anyway, those are the types of things that Greg's going to be adding to the game, which I can't wait to see. Um, but the programming has to be there to support that even existing in the game. So that's what Bob's been working on. Anyway, so they're working on that fun stuff. So I'm going to be hopefully getting a build sometime soon. And I'm just going to wait until everything is looking all glossy and lovely before I see it and hopefully dive in and be like, oh, man, that's so cool. Um, so, uh, yeah, so it's exciting, really exciting that uh, that we're working on that. So, um, like I say, and then I'm going to come along and I'll edit the uh, enemy generators so they don't all respawn. And I'm going to add some... Um, manual saves like in Dimensium 2 if you're familiar with Dimensium 1 and 2 but right. Dimensium 1 had um, well pretty lacking in the saving department really um, and then Dimensium 2 had manual save you know places you know the little red mirrors and stuff like that with a little bit of place you walk up to them and save whenever you wanted so I want to add that system to Dimensium 1 because Dimensium 1's save system was pretty brutal you know you've got to save respawning enemies lack of ammo hit those three things together it makes the game Maybe unnecessarily challenging. Um, so going to make it a little bit more palatable in that regard. Um, and because that will make the game easier, um, I want to try and add additional um, difficulty settings um, to make it you know, more challenging for those that want to get in there and really challenge themselves. Um, but at least in my mind, the challenge will be more fair um, than it was in the original game. Um, so anyway, that, that's what I'm going to do soon. Once the uh, art is all looking lovely. Were you Can't just wait. planning on um, re releasing the first one, or is there plans to release both of them? We're definitely going to do both. Um, awesome. we're, just, we're focusing on the first one first, of course. Yeah. Um, yeah. But no, we definitely want to do Dimensium 2 as well, which, you know, in many respects, um, does improve upon Dimensium 1 um, as far as uh, the visual variety, the storytelling. Um, you know, a lot, there's a lot, of, there a lot of great things in Dimensium 2. That I'm really proud of. But Dimension 1 
um, offers a different experience. It's interesting. I mean, I think both of them um, complement each other because they are very different experiences. Where Dominion One is definitely scarier, I think, than Dominion Two. Dominion Two is a bit more of an action game uh, with gore, you know, whereas Dominion One is a bit more of a, a bit, bit more of a scary kind of atmospheric kind of uh, experience. So um, yeah, so that's pretty cool. So anyway, so yeah, we're gonna start with Dominion One and then get to Two. So uh, yeah, really exciting to have both those in the three years. I can't wait. Uh, and again, I'd love to have one day release those in a box as well for the 3DS. Would be amazing. I think they'd sell. Yeah. Yeah, especially if you did like a bundle pack when they're both done. Yeah. That would I definitely see. sell. Yeah, maybe I can. I'll, I'll try and talk Nintendo into that. They probably wouldn't want to do it. But <laughs> yeah, no, I'd love to. I'd love to get that. Hey, release. they've been dabbling a little bit more into the mature games. They had Bayonetta yeah, one too. True. So. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. It's true. Absolutely. Um. So yeah, really excited about that. And obviously, if they do well, which I'm hoping they do, if everything does well, then eventually we'd love to obviously do a Dementium three at some point um, and continue things going. Because that's all, that's really why we came up with the Colt County um, Kickstarter. You know, it's because at that time we didn't have the rights back to do sequels and so on, um, but now we do. So it's like, all right, well, cool. So now we can do that. Um, so um, now it's now it's a matter of finding the. Uh, the money to do it, really, honestly, because it's just going to take a huge effort to, um, you know, get a team of, you know, people together to create, you know, really uh, great looking, you know, assets and levels and stuff like that. It's, it takes a lot of people and a lot of time. So so that would be a challenge there. So, But, but we'd love to. We'd love to make a Dimension 3 someday. So hopefully these games will help, you know, pave the way to, to do that. I yeah, hope so. Absolutely. Me too. <laughs> For sure. <laughs> But um, yeah, it was, it was nice talking to you tonight. Yeah, uh, man, appreciate time. it. Definitely. Yeah. Well, thanks for uh, having me on. Yeah, not a problem. Everyone, um, again, go out and uh, pick up Moon Chronicles. It'll be out February fifth, and then later this year, hopefully, we'll we'll have uh, Treasure Knots and maybe yep. maybe <laughs> something else, maybe a surprise game that um, I don't know what you're announcing, but maybe there'll be something else for us to pick up this year maybe dementium will make it this year but uh yeah i'd love to have you back on too a little bit closer to release of uh anything you have coming out later this year yeah definitely man no, i appreciate it yeah that'd be great i'd love to okay awesome man and, I, I really uh, appreciate you coming uh, on and, and... go ahead no no sure, go ahead oh no <laughs> i was done <laughs> yeah but no it was great having you on that was great it was great talking to you and um you know like I said, we we love mutant muzz and everything else, so it was it was a real honor actually being able to talk to you. So, no, I appreciate it, man. Thank you. Um, are we still recording? or Are we off now? Or I don't know. Oh, we're still recording. <laughs> I, I can stop if you'd like. <laughs> no, no, no. I just wasn't sure. Um, yeah. If uh, no if uh, if if uh, if there's like an outro or because some people sometimes like oh no we stopped recording ages ago I'm like oh okay cool. Um, <laughs> so check, but uh. No, I appreciate it, man. Thank you. Um, it's, uh, it's, uh, and it was, and, and, and Anthony, you, you, uh, uh, reviewed Zero Drifter as well, right? Didn't you, I think? Yeah, I did. Yeah. I did that one on, um, on our Nintendo site, uh, yes. Nintendo Fever. Yep. Right. That's what I thought. Yes. And, uh, if I remember correctly, I think you liked it. So thank you. I appreciate yes, it. Yes. I, I liked it a lot. And, awesome. uh, <laughs> yeah, Mike, Mike, who couldn't be here tonight, unfortunately, um, he had, uh, prior engagements, but, uh, he, he reviewed it on Steam and he, he liked it a lot as oh, well. Oh, cool. So okay. We're, we're both huge fans of it. Very cool, man. Very cool. Um, yeah, no, I'd love to love to jump back into that world. It was really fun, really fun working on that, and it, it was it was very gratifying. But when it came out, you know, people 
you know, it's scary when you make something, especially something like that, where you're blatantly saying, yes, this was inspired by Metroid, one of the most, you know, loved, beloved, you know, franchises ever. Uh, yes, we basically are inspired by that. So, you know, it's, you're kind of setting yourself up, really. Um, so that was a bit scary to release something that was so, wasn't, wasn't showing away from that. So it was very, very, uh, amazing for people to be like, yeah, this is actually pretty good. <laughs> um, which was nice. Um, it, I, I, I feel, I feel good about it. I, I feel proud that it, it pulled off a pretty authentic, uh, Metroid experience as far as, um, the main notes that I felt when I played, you know, Super Metroid or, um, uh, Metroid Zero Mission, you know, the feeling of, um, you know, you start off and you come across an obstacle and you explore and you find a solution and you pass that and you feel like a genius and you keep on doing that, you know, and I, it's nice that I feel like, you know, Zero Drifter pulled off some of those things, which is, uh, which is nice, but in, in its own way, in its own quirky little way, you know, because both, uh, Matthew Gambrell is the programmer of our 2D games, uh, and he and I work really well together. He has a really good, um, design sense as well. So he offers a lot on the gameplay and, and the art and, and the audio side of things. Actually, he did the sound effects and did some music for it as well. Um, so, uh, yeah, so I think it really, it really, the, the end result really ended up being, um, really interesting. I'm really happy with it. And it, it, it's, I'm able to kind of look at it in a somewhat outside perspective because it went by so fast and we made it so quickly and we we're all, all very focused and we worked many hours as well, which makes you a little bit loopy. Um, that then you, when the dust settles and you're kind of out of that fog, a nice fog, um, but when you're out of that fog and it's done and it's ancient history, well, a month old, um, and you're, you can look back at it, you're like, all right, cool, that worked out pretty good. Nice. <laughs> that wasn't a disaster. Excellent. Um, so it's, yeah, it's nice. You know, it's, uh, it's cool to have that. Um, and, it, and it lays a great foundation to be able to come back and whether it means we add, stuff to that game like we've kind of done with mods over the years um or if we just create a sequel you know it, it lays a nice foundation for us to grow from which is which is exciting too it's a totally different approach and um yeah so it's it's nice to have that in our stable now and uh to kind of you know to play around with yeah and, and of course if you haven't picked it up yet you can get it on steam you can get it on 3ds and the 3DS yep. view actually on it is awesome. So if if you do have a 3DS, I recommend getting it that way because the 3D effect is really cool, jumping back and forth between the um, between the foreground and the or well the main level in the background. And the Steam version has the the uh, Steam you know achievements and stuff as well for anyone who's into that kind of stuff. But, yeah. <laughs> you know. That, that actually that is a pretty popular thing the, the achievements I I never really got into it but yeah. I know there's some people that'll play games just to collect them. Yeah, we should probably start adding those just to the 3ds version because there is a sense of it, it is nice you know it is nice to kind of accomplish that and kind of you know because we have one in there which is you know beat the game in less than an hour um, so it's kind of nice to to try and do that you know once you've played it once give you a reason to play it again because chances are the first time you probably didn't beat it in an hour hopefully jeez. Um, no, but, no, you know, it wasn't time, even close. <laughs> maybe once you kind of have an idea of, you know, where everything's at, you're like, oh, cool, yeah, I'll give it a shot. It's an hour. Why not? Um, it's kind of fun. You know, and there's a few, like, um, yeah, if you, if you destroy one of those annoying purple bat things, <laughs> aliens, purple bat dudes, um, and make it out alive, you know, you get an achievement for that. 
because um, they're just bastards. Yeah, um, I just uh, figured running was the best. Me uh, too. Yeah, it is. <laughs> I completely avoid them. That is, yeah, exactly. That is, I'll, yeah. I'm like, I think running's the best yeah. uh, best way to defeat them. It's just not even defeating them. Yeah. It really is. Just avoid them completely is the best way to handle them because they are relentless. They are mean and they are fast. Yeah, they're, they are not nice. Yeah, just avoid them. So, uh, yeah, fun stuff. Well, thanks, guys. I really appreciate it. Um, yeah, not a problem, man. Thank you for coming on here. We really appreciate taking your time, you know, and joining us, talking with us. Yeah, definitely. Um, and I look forward to hearing your thoughts on the, uh, the rest of the um, the Moon Chronicles episodes. You know, hopefully people get to go in there and finish the whole thing and, and feel accomplished, you know, that the whole game has been experienced. I'll definitely play through and I'll finish the review on that because I felt since I started the first one, I gotta, <laughs> I have to be the one to finish the whole thing and write the review for right. it. So yeah, I'll, I'll definitely be playing that one and reviewing that one. And then I'll, I'll, awesome. I'll shoot you a link to it once I, once I got it done. Yeah. That'd be great. And it's interesting. Um, I think it's, I'm not sure it's episode two or three. I think it might be three. Um, but the length, the actual playtime length of the episodes vary quite a bit. Um, like episode one might even be the shortest ironically, but there's not much I could do about that because I wanted the number of episodes, uh, sorry, chapters in an episode to be, to make sense. Um, uh, in a pacing kind of way, you know, because obviously episode one ends where you enter the second hatch and then it's like, boom, you know, to be continued. And you like, and that's a good place to end it. It's a good, what's well, a frustrating place to end it, but it's a good, good cliffhanger. Uh, oh, absolutely. So it's funny because so episode two, I think it might be three. I think it is three. It's way longer <laughs> than anything else in the game. <laughs> so it, there's a lot of stuff in there. Like when I play through it, it's, it's a lot. There's many hours of gameplay uh, in the whole game. So it's interesting for those that you know, this is the first time they're you know exposed to the game at all, and they played episode one. It's kind of like yeah, that's pretty short. And if there's three more, I'm okay, not that long. But man, <laughs> later on it gets really long. It's a lot of involved stuff like i think it's episode three when you're in the third or fourth alien area and there's like four mini bosses that you have to beat to get like a special whatever to get through a certain area to then get to the boss kind of thing it's pretty involved um yeah it's cool yeah it's it's pretty meaty it's uh surprisingly uh full of uh goodness so uh yeah so it's weird so i think one, now it's all out it'll be fun to kind of um, see how people respond to that because there's definitely a wealth of gameplay in there. Yeah, I look again. I look forward to playing it. I, I really enjoyed the playing episode one, so I'm dying to see how it finishes up. <laughs> yeah, cool man, awesome. All right, um, well that that's it for this special edition of Game Gravy's Rewind podcast. Um, again, we had Jules Watson here with us from Renegade Kid and. Uh, I'm Anthony, and Jeff was here as well from Game Gravy. Yeah. And uh, we'll have our episode 22 next week, so be on the lookout for that as well. All right, and signing off. Have a good night, guys. Thanks, man. Take care.